Hey everybody, Jeff Antoniak here. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. So today I wanna to talk about time and rhythm and groove and talk a little bit about the difference. This stuff is so, so important. Now this may be the shortest video I've ever done. We'll see if I get uh, rolling and talking or not here, but it's really gonna be one of the most important. I hear people toss around these words about someone's rhythm, someone's time, the rhythms they're playing, whether it grooves, feel, all this sort of stuff. So yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's dig into it and parse this just a little bit and um, show you ways to practice this stuff. Okay, so the very first thing I wanna talk about is rhythm. Okay, so when we talk about the rhythm or someone's rhythm, I think the best way to talk about that is those are literally the rhythms that somebody is playing. So uh, I started off playing a song by The Meters. If you don't know about The Meters, this is going back to the 1970s, New Orleans funk and rock and soul and oh my God. Um, so, so that song that I played had a particular rhythm to it. We would write down the rhythms of the song. So um, now when people come to work with me, especially at Jazzwire, one of the things that I'm listening for is, are you playing the rhythms correctly? If I give you a song to play, I'm thinking, well, you know, could we play together? Could we match the rhythms? So I think when we talk about rhythm, let's do that. Let's talk about, is somebody playing the correct rhythms to a given song. Or another way, when someone's improvising, there are no correct rhythms because you're making them up. So here's the thing. Could I write down the rhythms you just played in your solo? If things are getting a little bit mumbled or if your technique or your articulation isn't quite right, the rhythms can sound mushy and the listener doesn't know what you're doing, right? A badly written script in a movie, I can't tell them if I'm supposed to be happy or sad right now and not in a good way in a bad way. Okay, so we need to get that straightened out. So rhythms, very important. So if you look at the sheet here, item number one lays it out for you. Rhythms are really, can we play the rhythms that are on the sheet or the rhythms of the song? Now at Jazzwire, we have folks who are not strong readers. They don't read music at all. That does not preclude somebody from coming in and playing jazz. The ability to read, jazz is really an oral art form. We're listening, we're hearing, we're mimicking, right? So yes, I would say that, that being able to read music is always helpful, but it's not necessary. Plenty of people uh, are working the, you know, without being able to read. But when I play a song, can you play it back to me? Part of that is the rhythms. So here's an example. I just wrote out some rhythms on, you know, on whatever random note. So I'm gonna play this for you and, um, can, does this sound like what it looks like? Am I being accurate? Let's check it out. Okay, Jeff wins. I got the rhythms correct. Um, and I actually wrote it on like the nastiest note on the saxophone too. So, okay, there's that. But yes, that is it. So when I am listening to someone's rhythm, I am listening to, are they playing the song rhythmically correct? Or, you know, can I sort of parse? Can I hear what they're trying to say? That's simple. That is what rhythm is. It's literally about eighth notes and quarter notes and 16th notes. So let's move on to the next idea, time, someone's time. Now time is how accurate are we? I would say if we put on a metronome, can you play item number one, accurately with good time. So you notice that item number two on the sheet is exactly the same as item number one. It doesn't get written any different. So now it's more about how you're playing. 
right? So number one, play the rhythm. Okay, got it. And now it's possible to play the rhythm with bad time. That happens constantly, I would say regularly with us imperfect human beings, right? I can tell the rhythm you're playing, but it's dragging or it's rushing or you rushed the third measure or you rushed beat two of the third measure. Okay, so that going for that precision of time. So it is possible to play with great time, have a good sense of time, and play the rhythms wrong. It is possible to play the rhythms correct with bad time. So you can see these are two totally different things. So folks that come in, I mentioned Jazzwire. So this is the subscription website. I have uh, 250 adult students from around the world, adult, amateur, semi-pros like you, and growing all the time. And when folks come in, they send me a couple recordings of themselves. I know that sounds kind of scary, but that's how any of us get better. We ask someone for help and they say, oh, what do you need help with? Oh, here's my situation. We tell them the situation and they offer amazing help. That's what I do. And so I don't want you to tell me how you play. I just want to hear it. So you send in a couple recordings. I have a rubric, a sort of list of 15 things that I talk to you about. Three of them are these things. These are very, very important. So how is your rhythm? How is your time? So this last bit, groove or feel, to me, those are sort of synonymous. That's the mystery one. And uh, to me, that's where we put some gravy on top of all this stuff, right? We've got this good mechanical thing. We got a potato and it's a pretty good looking potato. But now we want this thing to kind of taste good, right? We want to do something with it. So this is where we have to add a little something to it. So if you look at item number three on the sheet, what do you see? The same as item number one and number two. Now, I did that consciously. Yes, I could have saved a little ink. I could have saved PDFs around the world and just written it once. But it's important to play that exercise with three different intentions. The first time you play it, can I get these rhythms right? That may take a little doing. You may not have the technique on your instrument to do that. Second time through, how is my time? I'm sort of getting these rhythms out, but it, you know, is my time solid? Here's the other thing. You can be on top of the beat, like maybe Chick Corea might play, or you could lay back a little bit like Dexter Gordon may play. So time isn't just one thing for us, jazz, funk, soul, rock, you know, playing the, the, these styles of music. There are types of time we want to develop. So as you get more and more, uh, professional, more intermediate, more semi-pro, pro level. That's what folks at that level are doing. Their time is different. Now, groove. What is up with groove? Well, when I played the, uh, example number one the first time and played the rhythm so correctly, was it grooving? You could ask that, or you could say, what was the groove I was playing with? What was the feel? So here's what I played. So you may say, yeah, I heard a march sort of in my head. I heard a march and that was really grooving with the march. Or you could have said, wow, Jeff, that was the worst swing groove I've ever heard in my life. Uh, that wasn't swinging at all. That did not groove. Well, okay. So depending what your expectation was. So how do we talk about groove? And to me, first of all, groove is awesomeness. <laughs> like that's what we need. When you're playing Baroque music, the groove, the feel of Baroque music is different than the feel of Mozart or Stravinsky, right? So different eras of classical music, there's a different feel, momentum. There's something different about the eighth notes and 16th notes. I'm not expert at those styles. I used to do them much more, not so much anymore. 
the difference between a samba and a swing tune, between a light rock tune and a country tune. Those styles have different grooves. And so here's what, it, so and, and they're each amazing in their own way, right? And here's what I wanna say, and I heard this from a fantastic drummer, and I, I, I'm very interested in this. I talk to a lot of pros. I love talking especially to bass players and drummers, because that's probably where a lot of feel comes from. And I hear these folks talking about, uh, talking about this way. Time is what happens on the beat. We wanna play with good time. So the quarter notes wanna be where the quarter note should be, the pulses, right? Groove is everything in between. That's kind of cool. So what is in between those pulses, those quarter notes? Eighth notes, 16th notes. Little fills, little mumbles, little guttural sounds, little whispered notes. That is where the groove is. Is it possible to play good time and have poor groove? Hell yeah. And is it possible to groove with bad time it kinda is. So I think that's a fantastic way to think about it. Why did I play that uh, meters tune, Sissy Strut, on the way in? Because I want you to listen to that. If you've never heard the meters, if you've never heard that tune, the, the groove is insane. And you can pick your favorite groove tune, whoever, whatever the rhythm section is, but all the in-between stuff. So I think that's a great definition. And at the very least today, I want you to have this intellectual construct. Rhythm are the actual rhythms of eighth notes and 16th notes on the page or that we could put on a page. Time is how even we are between the beats. And time can be ahead of the beat or behind the beat. You can have good time behind the beat as Dexter Gordon did. Now groove is that important thing. That's where the flavor comes from. And I love that idea that groove is what happens in between the good time or the bad time, right? And so listen to the meters. Now listen a lot. Listen to hundreds or thousands of hours of something that swings, that grooves, that has that energy that you want. And we hope that it seeps in. Okay, I also hope that I'm gonna win the lottery and I hope that it's gonna be really warm up today in the middle of winter here. It, none of that's gonna happen. So I would say let's stop hoping and here's how you develop groove, you play along with those albums. So that sissy strut melody is a descending C minor seven chord. One, seven, five, flat three, one. That's the melody. And the last little bit are the same notes, just, you know, different or it, there's nothing to it. There's nothing to those notes. You would probably not want to learn that melody. It's not interesting enough. Here's the thing. The groove is insane. So I want you to play that over and over with the album, headphones on. You're playing it over and over and you're listening for those intricacies, those places where you're a little bit ahead. Yeah, you're not grooving. They're grooving. When in doubt, they're grooving and you're not. I want you to play this over and over. Learn a James Brown rhythm guitar part. Two notes, and it goes like that for eight minutes. That's grooving. So we're dialing down all the fanciness of melody and harmony and what we usually do. That's how you develop that groove. When you do a transcription, that's what we do. After you've learned all the notes, now, we think about how they're playing the notes. 
the groove. It's related to time, I guess maybe related to rhythm. It's entirely different though, but it is related to articulation. It's related to technique. It takes a special kind of technique to groove. So that's what I want to let you know about. So I hope everybody's going to be out there playing Sissy Strut by the Meters this week. And that idea of understanding that these three things are very, very different. Rhythm, time, groove. That's it. If I have one last thing to say, put some gravy on it. Have a good week, and I will see you next time. Have fun grooving.